Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. I'm here today with my lovely friend, colleague and peer, Billy Mann. Billy Mann has the most beautiful Irish lilt to his, his voice that you'll just fall in love with him. Billy um, has his own hairdressing company. He is also a father of many, many, many children. And he's a coach. And he's just one of my favourite people in the world. Welcome, Billy. It's lovely to have you with me. Thank you for having me, Jackie. I appreciate it. Oh, it's great so- to be back. It's great to be talking to you again. I know Billy and I have been having these beautiful conversations every now and again, and we just thought it'd be lovely to share them with you guys too. Yeah. Billy mentioned. A father of many, many children. I know. I hope I know them all. That's number one, many. Wouldn't worry about it. Before, before we started the, sort of recording the podcast, Billy said to me, Oh, Jackie, you're looking really well. And I said, do you know, Billy, I'm feeling really well. There's lots of stories, lots of, of ideas about who I thought I was that are just, they're dissipating, they're disappearing. And the lovely thing about that, Billy, I'm doing nothing, nothing mm. to chase them away. Mm. And Billy said, I can see that, Jackie. I can see that in how you're showing up and in how you're writing. And something I've noticed about you lately, Billy, is you've got very quiet. Mm. Mm. What's yeah, I've, I, yeah, I, this is absolutely nothing wrong. And the irony is actually it's, um, it's better than it's ever been. If, if there's to be description, Jackie. Mm-hmm. And the reason being was, I suppose, uh, last year I got unwell. And it turned out I had a sneaking bladder infection that was getting progressively worse. Mm-hmm. And then I went over to Tankos Jane's immersion in September and I visited my friend while I was there. And prior to going, I had broken a toe, giving you a quick snapshot of it, uh, a week before that. And literally as I landed in Stansted, my toe was huge. It had infected nine days later, which is random. As a nurse, you'd know that's such a random thing to happen. But after that, after I coming back, my health started to really go down, and which led me to hospital in December. And at this stage, the infection had really taken control. And so I spent a week in hospital dealing with it and the consultants and whatever. And we were, I came out and I was feeling brilliant. I had a fantastic Christmas, worked hard, did all the things. And on the 4th of January, we left to go on holidays. My wife and myself and our children and our sister and family would just live up the road from us. And usually nearly every year we think we would go on holidays together, the kids are the same age, and we're all very close. And I wasn't feeling 100% before the flight went, uh, went out, but I'd been up early, we had a long drive before we got to the airport, etc. And I figured I was tired. And while I was on the flight, 
it turns out had some form of an autoimmune attack. No, uh, for a number for a while in the flight, we thought it was. I thought it was having a heart attack. On the stroke, I was paralysed. It was quite a hectic experience for a good bit of the flight. And my wife, being nurse, said, "Did we have to bring the flight down? I think you're having a heart attack. I think you may be having a stroke." And somehow I knew deep down inside it wasn't either one of those. I just knew that I was deeply unwell. So I spent most of the holiday uh, in front of Ventura with the doctors checking and which wasn't a really holiday for me and it wasn't a holiday for them because they were worried about me and you know you can feel that and I hit a very low ebb while I was there Jackie very very low ebb um, I think physically mentally emotionally psychologically whatever word you want to put it I just bottomed out about four or five days into it and I missed it I did just a breakdown tears drama the whole lot happened and I suppose all the tension and anxiety was building up in my system and the worry, and, and it found its release. So when I came back, um, I was back to the doctors, and I knew it was going to be a slow climb out. I knew it was going to be a very slow climb out, and I made a conscious decision at that stage to step back from coaching, step back from, um, I reduced my working days down to two, uh, inside in the business and so on because I knew that I just literally had to regroup my body had just bottomed out physically and everything that came with it and then I had all the psychological drama and I was gone you know, and I was looking back on everything that I had learned and all of the the great teachers and working with you and other people and realizing all these lessons that I had learned and I was gone but yet none of it seems to seems to have you know, and so that gave me pause for thought, Jackie. That really gave me pause for thought. And I had signed up at that stage to go to Ancush's immersion uh, again. In no, just for background, I was working. I've been working with Ancush for a couple of years, so part of that relationship. And part of Ancush's men's immersions is that he'll invite Keith Levins to do an hour and a half in the evenings. Now, Keith was my mentor for a good while as well. And the first deep, deep shift that I really had was probably in my second, last or last conversation in our contract together. And it's what, it's what opened everything after that, Jackie, for me, uh, in the sense of... What was it, Billy? What was it you saw? Um, without trying to sound opaque or, or anything like that, uh, it was the first moment I knew nothing. Right, okay. For the want of a better description. Because I woke up on the Friday morning and I'd sent Keith an email and I knew we were coming to the end of, and we had discussed all, and now looking back at it, I could really see I was still very deeply struggling with Keith and I was still trying to get a handle on the single paradigm because I was still a thing. It was still a thing. All of it was still a thing. And I said, if there's one thing and one lesson you need me to learn, I need to be sure that I have learned before we finish, um, what would it be? No need to answer the email, we'll discuss it later. So circumstances presented themselves. I had the whole evening to myself after work. My kids, my kids were away, the staff were gone, and I had all the time in the world to chat to Keith. And we were on a call like this, 
And I don't, I have no idea how the conversation came around, but he just kind of basically looked at me and said, the self doesn't exist. You do not exist. And you could have hit me with a, an ice block in the head. I just went, Phew. I have no idea what happened the rest of the call, Jackie. I have no idea. I can't remember anything from the call really other than that. I do remember just feeling really cold. That's how I could describe it. It's like my whole body just chilled right out. And I finished up with Jamie at that stage as well. And I literally knew at that stage, there is nothing I, I need to do now. So at that stage, I stopped all the coaching. I stopped all the clarity. I stopped everything, Jackie. I stopped reading. I did it all. And it was around the time my mother got unwell. Uh, well, I was coming to the year for days. Uh, and it was. I described this to a friend recently. Is that time from roughly around April to the following February when my mother passed, it should have been, under normal laws of circumstances, a tragic thing to watch your mother die mm -hmm. and being with her. But mm -hmm. for me, it was glorious, Jackie. Yeah. It was glorious. It's the only way I can describe it. When my mother passed, I never shed a tear for her passing because when she passed, our love was just complete in every level. I loved her and she loved me and there was nowhere to hide in it. It was just sublime, Jackie. Mm -hmm. And after that, when things had settled down, I decided maybe, you know, he, an anchor didn't reach out to me in the conversation and that started my trip back into coaching and all of that. So fast forward all of that stuff until... We arrive in Anchorage as a merchant in March. And I have no idea what Keith Levins was saying. Um, I sat there listening to him and all I could remember was that moment inside in, uh, the office, inside in the salon. And I came home and I finished with Anchorage and I finished everything, Jackie. Again, I, I, um, I including the writing, I made the if for the want of a description, a conscious decision mm -hmm. not to uh, turn this into something. To turn this into something. Because the amount of falling away for the want of a better description has culminated in Billy falling away. Um, and I was introduced, introduced to a book recently called Perfect Brilliant Stillness by Carson and, in, and listened to it in audio and there are chunks of it it's a non-dual book but there are chunks of it Jackie that oh Christ that's just that makes so much sense I saw some you, you, are you with me? but It's funny when I get caught up in something now, and I can, I can and just that's Billy. Mm -hmm. That's all that comes into my head is that Billy. And I need no more. It's it's just been like that, Jackie. And I've been mentoring a few coaches along the way and just keeping that, the conversation going and moving forward, just 
just sharing Jackie, just quietly moving and paddling and but literally loving my dear. That's it. I, it's just got infinitely so much simpler. That at the moment I stopped taking myself personally, Jackie. Do you know, Billy, <laughs> we've been having these conversations for years and you've been telling me this before. Okay. You knew there, you knew there was no Billy. You knew. Yet you saw that at a much deeper level in that conversation with Keith Blevins. Mm. And I love that when you're talking about the falling away. And it, there's, there's a very clear distinction for me when you were speaking, is like with, with the understanding of the principles, which in many ways is, is a non-dual teaching too. Um, that, you know, it's pointing to the oneness of life. Mm-hmm. There's something about the distinction in the conversation, the non-dual conversation, that makes it very, very clear that We are not our stories. No. Sid points to it as impersonal nature of thing. Mm. But knowing that it's not our story, and, and that's what's been happening with me, Billy, is mm. when thoughts arise in the moment, I'm now aware of where they're coming from. <laughs> they're coming from ego, they're coming from story. And that mm. makes them, like you just described, infinitely easier to dismiss or to laugh at or to ignore. Mm-hmm. Or to engage. Or to engage, yeah. Or to engage in, in, in the expansion of it all, Jackie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'll give you an example of it. Love Island. Yeah, <laughs> I've not watched it. I keep yeah. Been watching it. Okay. okay, 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 okay. It's the crack cocaine of TV. Okay, it's really bad for you. You know you shouldn't be watching it. Like yeah. you shouldn't be smoking cocaine. Yeah. But the high is instant. The high is instant, um, and it's ridiculously funny um, to watch people struggling with all of this stuff and the whole laboratory of it. You know, because it is just a great big sociological experiment, but. The guys working for me are laughing. They think it's hysterical how much I'm into. But I keep saying there are so many different levels to why I'm watching this that it isn't just about the relationships and, and, and the pandering to each other. I love watching how they disrupt these people and move them in direction. I'm fascinated by just how blind the people are within the houses, the machinations of the producers and all of these different things. But... My wife, myself, and my three children sit down at night and we watch it together. And we spend an hour and a half at night sitting on the big sofa, getting. My daughter is 17, my boys are almost 16. We may not get these days like this. In another year or two, my daughter will be gone to college, hopefully, and my sons will be um, looking at the final exams before they go into college and things, and they're getting older. And knowing the presence of it. Mm. 
and allowing presence flow through the moment for me. Um, that's it, Jackie. I know what I'm watching. Yeah. I know I see what's unfolding in front of me. And it has nothing to do with it. Do you know what's going on? Sitting in the presence of love. Yeah, Billy, what's, that's it exactly. You're sitting in the presence of love and that gives you just this incredible opportunity to simply by osmosis show your children what is true and what isn't. That's what I found with my girls, Billy, was just this capacity to sit with them as human beings and then all of a sudden we're just all these little souls dancing on the sofa listening to what we're listening to or or talking together or or, or watching something but all learning and all curious rather than this mm. mother-father role where one assumes yeah. one creator you know and I, if you're anything like me, Billy, that just gets me into trouble <laughs> when I go to that space. That's the time I get wound up the most. That's the time my wife gets wound up the most. Mm. And it's just, it is just that time. Mm. Also, what it has done for me, though, Jackie, in the sense of, in real terms, bringing it out of the, the clouds and into, there are times when I can be very clear with my children now without feeling some kind of guilt for being clear with them and being direct with them. They're 15, they're 16, they're boys. Having clear cut conversations with them. You know, uh, am I or am I doing the right thing? You know, I, I just don't hear the struggle within me as a parent. Because they're still 50 mm -hmm. and they're still, my daughter's still 17 and there are moments and there are times where they may, may not have the nuanced understanding of what's coming out of their mouth when they say things to people or the way they would treat their mother or me. Yeah. And there are times I understand that this is just a spit in the wind. That it's a teenage sound off. Like I said, you are a mom, you know, it's suffering from teenage mom and grumpiness is an ailment that affects nearly all teenagers. So you don't take that personally. But sometimes they can do something with it that is not nice. And rather than having the spiritual bypassing kind of words, no, 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 that is simply not good enough. It is okay to be morning time grumpy. Mm -hmm. And if you're morning time grumpy, be quiet. <laughs> You know, but it has just made parenting easy, Jackie. Yeah. Truthfully, it's made most things easy. It's real hands-off parenting, isn't it? You, it is real hands-off parenting. You said something there, Billy, that I really loved, and that was you were pointing to understanding that when we know how we work as human beings, how our operating system works, and how our thoughts, you know, are creating our feelings and how, you know, sort of we can pay more attention to some thoughts than we do other thoughts and we can act out from a lower state of consciousness innocently. When we know that about ourselves, it gives us just this super boost of compassion, especially for people that are hurting, you know, and a lot of time teenagers are going through this 
rapid growth period. They're trying to ascertain who they are as human beings and who they're not and how to so now we've sorted Billy's phone. It was his. It was My his apologies. Phone. I actually thought I had the phone turned off in the, in the, in the, in the room. It's the fine. Study. It's, it's fine, my love. I've just seen just as you know when we understand how we work, it, we get this kind of super compassion for other people. <laughs> we're we're, we're love to see it, but especially for. Teenagers, teenagers are going through this super boost of hormones. They're growing. They're deciding who they are, who they're not. They're trying to fit in with society, but they're also trying to be individual within society. Mm. They've got expectations from schools, and often parents put their expectations on them too. So oh. you can't blame the wee souls, and they're also oh. they're also being forced to get up early in the morning to go to school when actually they're built not to do that at that age. They're mm -hmm. built to to sort of to get up later in the day. And as science, absolutely, and as science has shown, during these teenage years, brains mm -hmm. shrink. Before they expand again. So that's mm -hmm. why you get the Neanderthal, oh, you know, the grunts, <laughs> the don't want to talk, and all this kind of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. That, explains, that would explain a lot. <laughs> Mind you, if my wife heard this, she would say in some cases that the, the shrunken brain tends to expand up into the 50s as well. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, there's an age for what it happens to men where their brains shrink again. You know, I myself, myself included in that. But you hit something, Jackie, that is a is something that I, I, I spoke to somebody. I wrote on a couple of different occasions when we come to results, time for exams and stuff. How you know, relaxed the kids will be okay. You know, I say it to my kids all the time. Uh, and I, I know that I'm arriving at, this is why I'm saying, you know, I'm arriving at the stage where this actually matters in our home for the want of a better description. That I would always say to, to my kids, look, whatever the results are, they are. The only thing that I would feel is that if you haven't honored yourself by doing the best you can, and if you've done the best you can, well, that is fine. If the results are there, they are as they are. They will be what they are. I'm only sorry for you and feeling sad for you if you know that you can do better, but you haven't done it for yourself. That's entirely up to you. The decision at the end of the day will be yours. It will be yours. And now that I have gone, and I was talking to another parent recently about this, and I was saying, she was asking me because my guys did their exams, their states this summer and whatever, and she said, how did they get on? And I said, ah, sure, the boys will tell us they get on grand anyway. Because they don't want to ruin their summer. <laughs> then they to you, you know. But then all those little talks, for all those times I wrote about parents taking it easy, I went, oh, hmm, it's my turn now. And am I going to eat my words or live my words? Because now the situation is at my own door. So it's very easy to stay detached and look at other parents and look at the, the, their struggles and the investment they've had in their time and their kids and stuff and say, oh, 
take it easy, they're, they're only exams, until the exams come to your own door, until all the layers of family and love and, and all of those things start to come to play in our own lives. And that has really been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I can recognize where I wrote that from to where I am now myself. I say, you know what? I was right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see myself in the writing. I saw it in other people. And it was easy to see it in other people because I had no vested interest in other people's lives. Yeah. Until it came to my own door. And I could see... When you talk about teenagers, and it, it, it is exactly, you know, Jackie, it's exactly the same machine you're just running all the time. For every single human being, it does, it, it, it's not different than anybody else. Mm. Teenagers are the same as adults. Uh, children, it doesn't matter. It's the same system. Mm-hmm. And to see just the expectations that I have had about my children and what I want them to do and stuff to start to see through Billy having those expectations and recognizing that is a complete fabrication of of my wanting my children to do well, my wanting my children to do what I Maybe I wasn't able to do or should have done or whatever. And all of that layer upon layer upon layer of story. But I'm saying, well, wait a second. Fundamentally, all that matters here is that the children are loved. And out of that love, they'll grow. They'll figure it out. And our job is to support that. Not saddle them with our expectations of what we think they should be. Because that's about us and it has nothing to do with them. I remember my my youngest daughter, Billy. She's always been the kind of she's she's twenty twenty one now, but she's always been the kind of kid when she set her mind to something. She did it, you know, from being you know sort of a a champion gymnast to being one of the most valued players in Europe in basketball. She just set her mind to it, and she did it. And I remember it was the year she was sitting her exams, and she needed, you know, to get her maths. And she needed to get something else for her place in university. And I saw her not studying, Billy. You know, she only had two two things to get and I saw her not studying. And I used to go from Zen mum, being like, I know she's got this. I know she can do this. I know she has everything she needs. To Tasmanian devil mum and a heartbeat, you know. What's going on? This is all you need. And I, I loved watching my experience of that. And mm. I loved watching how that experience was reflected in her. She, she was a mirror reflecting back at me, my insecure thinking. Mm-hmm. And she knew she had this. She's known all her life, Billy. She's done it over and over and over again. She's put her mind to something and she's got it. And she's like a gazelle. Everything is effortless. Just because I pushed through things all my life, I had this idea, this concept that she wasn't pushing, therefore she wasn't going to get. Yeah. And I remember the morning, Billy, she was on holiday with her friends when the results came through. And she said, there you go, mom. I just happened to get a 
a B in my maths, I'm going to university. And I burst out crying, Billy. It was almost like I'd been holding that tension inside me. Like I knew, I knew, but I didn't really know. So I knew she had this, but I didn't really know. I thought yeah. there was an exception. And she just proved to me there is, there's no exceptions. When we know, we know. And it's not for us to judge anybody else when they know what it is they're meant to do and how they're meant to do it. And all of that learning in between is this gorgeous opportunity mm. to grow and evolve. And who are we? We did check it. I know. We did it. I know. We forget that. I mean, I'm 51. And, and like somebody asked me last year, and I, when I was turning 50, what does it feel like to, to reach 50? And I keep saying, a relief. I fucking made it. Like, I've made it this far. You know? I mean, despite all the worries, despite all the, the nights, the fears, the horrors, the money, the no money, the mortgages, the bills, all that stuff. The important thing is I'm still here. And when there are times I look at my kids and I, and I start to worry about them, I remind them, I'm still here. I'm still here. My kids will make it. They will figure it out. They're smart kids. They're good kids. They'll figure it out. And I'm starting to see little flat, little returns to the conversation now. Like Cormac said it to me last week. We were inside in the car. And we were going somewhere and he said to me, he said, Dad, he said, Mom takes things very personally. Hmm. And I went, okay. So I said, what do you mean by that? So he starts to tell me, and he's all garbled up inside me, said, trying to explain it to me. So I said, forget it. We were going to a match. And after the match was over, we were back in the car coming, and he said, did you have a think about what you were talking? He said, I didn't. I said, can you give me, can you repeat it to me again? A different way. He says, okay. So he told me, he told me the story about him, telling his mother and giving out about something, and his mother giving out to him about something. And it's usually to do with tackling his twin brother. You know, it involves some form of modern teenage morning grumpiness and physicality. And mammy gets a little bit stressed about it. So usually when I arrive in uh, and one of them is wrong and I say to Carmel, I'd say, he said, Dad, mom will come in and she'll give out to us. And I'll say, okay, mom, all right. And I get up and I'll walk away. And she said, no, it's not all right. Come back here. And she'll give, and she said, and she, she's still giving out after I say, okay, and walk away. You come in. And you said, you got to cut that out. You were wrong. You shouldn't have done that. And go apologize to your brother. I'll say, okay. And I get up and I go on up. And, and, and now I hear from you, that's fine. Enough. Subject stops staring in for me. And he said, you don't take it personally. And mom takes it personally. And so I've been trying to explain to me recently on and off about how people take things personally. And how people don't take things personally. And somehow he has managed to see it play out. You know, you said about being a mirror, Jackie, between, you see it reflected back to you. Yeah. And uh, I went, wow, my own mind. He's starting to get a handle on that now, isn't he? That's huge, Billy. I mean, that, that's really huge. Mm-hmm. For a 15 year old boy to, to nuance that. So, he, you know, there are the little road signs of there that they'll be okay. My daughter, I'm teaching her how to drive it. Well, she's able to drive. She's insured in the car recently. 
and we're out driving and I tend to go with her because my wife is a terrible passenger. Beauty. Doesn't matter who's driving. My wife is a terrible passenger. She's a hand on the dash, foot looking for the pedal uh, passenger. Okay. And it's not coupled by my, uh, not helped by my ability to want to push the car on when we're going somewhere. So she spends a lot of time like that inside in the car. <laughs> okay. And she says, when I get into the car with you, Dad, and we're driving around, she says, you're a great teacher. And I said, what do you mean? No, thanks, love. I'll take that as a compliment. Why do you mean that? There's a quiet confidence about you. Mm. That you only need, that I, you only get involved when I need to know something. Other than that, you just talk to me. See, that's a, it's a beautiful example, Billy, of, of you know she's got this. You know yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, course correction only comes in when it's really required. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's it, Jackie. And I'm starting to see the, you know, I was wondering for a while, was I coaching them? Was I doing, no, I just left it go. And the moment you let it go is the moment it comes back. Yeah. Well, Billy, because, sorry, Billy, I was just yeah. going to say, there's no point trying to coach your kids. <laughs> well, you see, here's the thing, Jackie. This is what led me to to this bigger shift, to, to this with Ankush uh, and finishing up all of door, uh, this work and taking time back from all of this, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Because the thought occurred to me when I was on the flat of my back in February, uh, going into March, and I said it to somebody, having all of this happen, as you know, the last eight, nine years of being involved in this was a curse. Because I knew too much, okay? But when I said that statement, I went, where the fuck did that one come out of? Yeah, yeah. You know? And I kind of, but, but, like, why is that? And then it followed on by um, there being a funeral and a few more bits and pieces. And I was sitting inside in the church one day. And I, I, for some strange reason, I'd been in church for a, a long time. And I happened to have found myself to, to a couple of different occasions being in a church. And I looked around to people and I was kind of, you know, and I was looking at them and I was kind of going, geez, I wish I could be like them in so many ways, just accepting this whole story and whatever. But it wasn't those questions. It was none of that that struck me. What struck me was, what am I missing that these questions have been asked of me mm. within myself? Mm. What am I actually missing? What am I seeing? And it was all part of the same thing when I realized that I had stopped living, Jackie. That in, in the process of investigation, of self-inquiry, or whatever language they want to put in, jewel or non-jewel, or principles, of none of it matters. There's a danger of stopping living, Jackie, in the sense that we spend so much time seeking mm. that we forget to live. Yeah. And in that, there was that moment where it just shook, it fell off. And I began to realize that I am no longer a seeker. 
Oh, I love that, Lily. I love that because, you know, sort of even, even the verb to seek means to look outside of yourself and presume, has a presumption that something's missing, something's lacking. And, I, and, and, and all of these questions started to crop up within me. But it was, I wasn't looking for an answer to the questions. I began to realize, well, what's underneath all of the questions? Yeah. You know, that there was such a dynamic shift for the want of a better description that the rest of it was starting to catch up via this question. And via this, this question. And the moment that I realized that, that I said to Ankush afterwards, I have no idea what Keith Levin said inside the, uh, I said in English in the evenings. And I said to him afterwards, I said, even if I did nothing else other than have me just spin that on half with Keith and, and just listen to him with the lads and sitting around and talking, I began to realize that none of this was necessary. Mm-hmm. None of this was necessary. None of it was necessary. The, was done. Whatever was there was done. And I began to, like I said, when I began to realize that lesson that Keith taught me all those years ago about there being the no self, which meant to say that Billy didn't exist. So by extension, what appeared to be true didn't exist either. The insecurities, the need to be this, the want to be that, the desire to be the other, or blah, 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 the desire, you know, to fit in, the desire. I realized, oh, it's gone, it's done, it's finished, it's had its day. And there are moments that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not going to arise again. Oh, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying, Jackie. No, no, I know that. No, I know that, love. I'm just saying, because it does. Yeah, totally. That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah. I mean, I could throw, I mean, I could throw out all fuck with my kids, like about something, you know what I mean? Be nice or something. But there's a subtle difference between doing it now mm-hmm. as before. Yeah. As an entirely, and I kind of go, hmm, that's Billy Clay. Oh, God. I, I saw that again, really. I, I, you know, we've been talking about this, how you just get to see things clearer and clearer and clearer. All the time, yeah. Um, yeah. And the other day there, Billy, I'd been incredibly busy. I'd been out in the States working. I, I had then got back a couple of days and there was a whole family thing going on. And then I had a, a student coming over to study with me from Norway. And then I had some admin stuff to catch up on. And it got to the weekend and sort of Jerry wanted me to do stuff with him as well. And I just, mm-hmm. oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. And so I did what I could with Jerry on the Saturday and on the Sunday. I said, baby, I just need to be. I, I said, I don't even want to talk a lot today. I just, which is really unusual for me. Um, and I'm sure he was relieved. And I just thought, I just want to be really quiet. And I sat out in my summer house most of the day, Billy, just reading. And every now and again, that little story would pop up, that little voice, you're being lazy, you've got things to do, you should be why aren't you doing this this should be happening and every time I met it with love Billy mm-hmm. instead of judgment and I was so mm-hmm. grateful that I could see that 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 happening because that's been a big player in my life all of my life that critical voice 
and to see that that critical voice is merely an echo of a story of who I thought I had to be mm -hmm. rather than it being who I am in that moment. Because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Just a moment. It's just a moment. Nothing else. And recognizing, just recognizing that. Mm. Oh, that's Jackie playing out. Jackie with her insecurities, Jackie with her needs, her wants, her desires. Her, it, you know, we don't separate from it in the sense that we still are. Oh, yeah. No. Well, you know, the, I, the, I, 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 sorry, Billy, the idea of who I think I am, which is Jackie, still has preferences that she quite enjoys. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, last night myself and my son commented, said, we, you know, we, we made a run of going to see a movie two weeks ago, John Wick. Okay. And, uh, he, which is a mad movie. And this guy is taller than me. And we went to the cinema, a classic moment. And the man in the cinema said, teenagers are 50, you know, you get the teenage rate. Uh, of 15 to do if they're 15 or under. So your man says to me, he says, what age is this guy? And Cormac is 15. I said, he's 15. I said, I'm sorry, he can't even 16 and over. For all my smartness, it blew up in my face. I just thought he was 16. And the guy is, his head and shoulders over me. He's huge for his age. Uh, but last night at 25 past nine, I turned to him and I said, the movie's on in the cinema. There's one showing left. It's the last, and it's the last showing of this movie on, on a big screen when we go. And the cinema is uh, about 33 minutes, give or take, of a drive. So we had 35 minutes. And we literally arrived in, got our popcorn, and we're sitting down, literally, as the screen came on for the movie. And that's the spontaneity of it. That's the preference of it. That's the, you, you, you know, getting lost in the seeking, Jackie. Loses that. It loses that spontaneity that, that right now, whew, this is marvellous. Mm -hmm. Sitting in the couch watching the violent. I mean, like you say, you, we can have all have opinions on the violent. Everybody does, good, bad, or indifferent. But that's your opinion. Mm -hmm. It's my opinion. But if I'm to judge a lot of this stuff, I would miss the fact that I'm sitting with my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm watching them when they see stuff appear on the screen about relationships or stuff, and I'm watching how they are learning about relationships and courtship and what's real and what's not real and what's fantasy and what's not fantasy. And I'm getting all of that just simply by being there. Hmm. Simply by being there. But if I got on my high horse and said, oh, that is only shite, and it's, I'd miss the fact that my wife and my kids love it. Yeah. I'd miss the fact that I'm sitting there with them. I'm sitting I miss so much by being in the way. So are you coaching again, Billy? You said you can assist. I am, I'm back. You're back. I am, yeah. Just gently walking my way back into all of this, Jackie, you know, uh, because you hit something on the head there uh, when you said on Sunday, yesterday, you just said, oh, sorry, I'm done. I'm cooked. And one of the lessons that I have learned recently, Jackie, is that I got cooked, completely cooked. Yeah. And Sunday now is sacrosanct to me. If I do nothing on a Sunday, if I decided to stay in bed and read a book all day, if I decide to get up and spend, 
I don't care. Mm-hmm. It has got nothing to do with coaching. It's got nothing to do with the salon. It's got nothing to do with anything other than what makes sense right now. Yeah. We, and we sat last night, Billy, and we've both been so busy that we'd forgotten to book in time for us to have holidays together. So Jenny's either working or he's got his gigs and um, and I'm working as well. And we'd realised that we couldn't get a whole week together because of either he was doing something or I was doing something at different times. We sat last night and we just yeah. booked flights and I booked um, um, accommodation um, for, for two holidays over the next sort of six, nine months. I thought, right, it's in the diary, it's there. Mm-hmm. Because we weren't looking after our needs as a couple. Valuable lesson, Jackie. Oh, huge, Bill. What's it all, but what's it all for, Jackie? I know. What's it all for? I mean, I, I, mean, I could fill my days with clients in a year's salon. I could fill my evenings with coaching clients. I could do it. That's not a problem. No, I know. To me, what became, what, what, made, what made, some, made more sense was not to do it. Mm-hmm. What is not to do it? And slow down. Literally slow down everything and go to work and work with my staff and have a few coaching clients. But simply just let it be. Not feel the desire to be constantly writing, not feel because somehow I, I, I can't explain this, Jackie, because I don't have the words for it right now. Mm-hmm. Because inherently, words tend to, to put something, a meaning that mightn't be there, there. Uh, for the one for the description, I can't put it in here with you, but it just made sense not to check it. It just made sense that it's not my job to save the world. It's not my job to do any of this stuff. It's not any of this stuff. And it just makes sense to breathe in all of this right now. And enjoy the letting go, Jackie. Yeah. And allow... Oh, whatever's to fall away, fall away, Jackie, all by itself. Without thinking that I need to fall, something, have something fall away. Is there something wrong with me? Do I need to do this? Do I need to analyze that? Because the moment, ironically, Jackie, that it all gets left go and you realize this, it goes away itself anyway. <laughs> I know, it, I know. It, it just dissipates. And I wake up and there are mornings that I am grumpy. Yeah, me too. And there are mornings that, that I am pissed off. And there are mornings that I, you know that I'm happy. And there are mornings that, but the eye is Billy. And, and I am okay with all of that now, Jackie. Yeah. Uh, without the, the desire to want to change what is actually unfolding right now. Because there is an acceptance, and again, the wrong maybe the wrong choice of words. There is a knowing yeah. that this is just what's unfolding right now. Yeah. It's fucking okay. <laughs> Billy, I have loved this conversation because it's a beautiful reminder of the importance of family, the importance of knowing that we're all doing the best that we can in any given moment of time level of consciousness but more importantly billy it's the knowing and understanding that 
the story isn't the truth. The story of who we think we are is not truth. And I want to thank you, Billy, for being a guest on the Unashamedly Human podcast. Oh, you know, I love you, Jackie, and I love, oh, I love our time. We always, we always seem to have the best chat. I know, my darling, and I, I love our chats too, and I love you too. So I just want to I wish you and your family lots of love and happiness. And I thank you for such a beautiful conversation. My pleasure, Jackie. You could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams.